previously on the Twistcast. Last time, we had a nice little chat with Alan Dunford, who is an indie comic uh, co-writer uh, for a series called Focus... Focus Hocus. Focus Hocus. Ho- uh, Jesus. Focus <laughs> Hocus. <laughs> there we go. It is a tongue twister. Um, and his new upcoming one that they're putting out called Grandma Chainsaw, which sounds fascinating. <laughs> Uh, both books were really fun yes. to to read. Thank you, Alan, for letting, thank you for letting us read them. That was awesome. I can't wait to uh, grab a trade from the Kickstarter. If you have not, if you have not listened to that episode, what the hell are you doing? Go back and listen to that episode. Subscribe to the Kickstarter. Just, just support indie guys, and uh, he was yeah. super cool. I'm sure he'll be back at some point uh, oh, because I'm sure. you know he was yeah. just that cool. Their stuff is great. I cannot recommend it enough. And I feel like this could be a big thing in the making. So get on the ground floor of this one. I agree. I agree, Jess. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us on this episode, however, of the Twistcast. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. It's totally worth no Sam. I'm going to say it every time because it is. uh, Get used to it. Yeah. (laughs) It still feels strange. Do you do this for like five years with somebody, and then all of a sudden they're just gone for a little bit? I guess, but we've also been doing this about what eight months now without him or something like that. So you can get a little bit used to it, something like that. It hasn't even been that long, it's it's close, it's been a long time. But (laughs) anyway, uh, we're gonna go ahead and start things off with the news like we always do. Uh, there's a lot of comics, a lot of DC. Is it good, DC? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of Marvel and a little bit of video games, just like always. Uh, and this episode will be a little different than most of the episodes that you listen to, but that's okay because it's fun either way. So let's They're all kick- unique in their own way. They really are. Sometimes we're just real dumb, and sometimes we're just sometimes dumb. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to start things off with uh, comics news here. Uh, starting with, uh, again, another loss, uh, Tom Palmer, an inker who worked on Avengers and X-Men and Tomb of Dracula and a ton of other stuff, has passed away at the age of 81. Honestly, the best way I can think of to go honor some of these people is just go buy their shit and read their shit. Because that's that's the way, right? We we honor them by keeping the memory, memory alive. So go grab some Tom Palmer inked stuff because it's hey. gorgeous. It's the same as any artist. Like yeah. any doesn't matter what medium, just they put out this stuff for you to enjoy. Go enjoy it. And, and just, that way that, keeps them keeps them around a little exactly. more, you know? Okay. Uh Steve Rogers' long lost son seemingly returns as Nomad this November in Captain America. Uh, which is it's a good book. It's a good book. Didn't know he had a long lost son, but okay. Oh, <laughs> we we just there's so many character breaks. That's why I think we've <laughs> been pushing out more episodes because there's just so many more characters that we just need to break down and I, people are liking them man people are liking those little pullouts from the episodes keep enjoying them we'll keep doing them a new era of fantastic four begins with writer ryan north as we talked about that on the compass i think um, two episodes ago and Ibon coelho or, Co- or coelho not sure not sure uh but I'm looking forward to it because Fantastic Four is a book that I just love. Robbie Reyes evolves from Ghost Rider to All Rider 
this November. Uh, but, it's it's multiversal shenanigans, uh, and it's been pretty pretty fun. I can't lie. I don't care how fun it is. That name is pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's dumb. It's a dumb name. Because uh, like, all rider like, what do you? Anyway, what? What? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna derail the show tonight. Is that that badly? I'm not gonna do it. You. So I'll do it. Do it. You, what okay. are you writing? <laughs> What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you're writing all. You're writing everything. How can you write ev- what? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he rides everything everywhere all at once. Uh, <laughs> That's a very interesting movie, by the way. I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I still haven't. It's it's on my it's, list. It's a fascinating movie. It lost me in the second half, but it was fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> but you still watched the second half. Oh so. yeah, no, I, I still watched it all, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I, look, if if it holds your attention span, that's the thing I care about. It did start to lose my attention span toward the end, but oh, okay. <laughs> it was still interesting. You still watched it, though. Yes. Like, so, like, anyway, <laughs> Peter Parker and Miles Morales team up for Spider-Man Double Trouble this November, uh, which okay. feels like the the trilogy piece of the Spider-Man thing they've had going on. Uh, the Justice Society gets an ongoing and Stargirl returns in DC's New Golden Age, written by Jeff Johns, f- spinning out of Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, which is interesting because Justice Society just showed up in Dark Crisis. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Justice Society resurgence. Yeah, why not? Iron Man relaunches in December with Classic Armors, written by Jerry Dugan and drawn by Juan Regiri. I guess I don't know. I've, I do not know that name like at all. I probably should, but I don't. I mean, it could name. be a newcomer, which I mean, Maybe. cool. Someone new. Why not? Let's go. Fresh blood. Nubia, queen of the Amazons, joins the Justice League in November in a one shot, which is cool. I love Nubia. Like the stuff they've done with her recently has been so kick ass. Marvel promised and subsequently released information about a new age for mutants. Uh, for the Xbox coming up next year. Uh, it's called SOS. It's centered on uh, Sinister. So, you know, I'm curious about where they're going with the whole Krakoa thing mixed with this Judgment Day event that's going on, followed by this, like, Sinister-heavy event thing. I'm like, like just... I mean, it's it's the most X-Men thing possible. It's just crazy as shit for no good reason. Yes, I too am curious about what they are doing. <laughs> I am 100% in the loop of what's happening with X-Men uh, at uh, all times. Uh-uh. Look, I read damn near every X-Men book. A lot of X-Men. I, I still don't exactly know what's going on here. X-Men is just like, it's one of those like character groups that's like, it's so diverse. It's so interesting. But what the fuck is going on at any given moment? <laughs> <laughs> like you can't you also can't just like read one book like that's the thing I, I love about it that I know a lot of people hate about like it, there is a there is a high cost of entry like you gotta be you gotta be all the way in there's no there's no half measures you can't just read one book because just read one book something's going to happen in an event and you're gonna be like what the fuck is happening right now so you just kind of have to know everything about everything 
I think um, that's a big reason why I never read any X-Men stuff. Because like I knew there was just like you had to read like 10 books simultaneously to understand what was to vaguely understand what was happening. Yeah, X-Men is just such a complicated spaghetti bowl of storylines that just <laughs> never makes sense. The spaghetti bowl thing is is clutch. Uh, <laughs> It's just it's an absolute mess, but it's fun. It's a good time. If That's you, what I've if always you, heard. If you have the time and the effort, do it. But if you don't, maybe <laughs> maybe wait for like a line relaunch. That's what I have to. Yeah. Like, and, wait for. God. And that's the thing. Like, there's so many like iconic X Men storylines that I've just never read. Mm-hmm. that i know i should and i'm pretty sure we will talk about at some point yeah. next month yeah an um, x-men month yes uh but yeah it's like what softening me a lot of the time is just like i feel like i'm gonna need to know like all this shit that happens up before it just to understand what the fuck's happening here yeah and it's just like i don't have that desire to invest that much <laughs> it's it's a lot it's a lot honestly it's best like so like i started reading like religiously when there was like two titles x-men blue and x-men gold right and that's very easy you can handle that that's fine there's like 14 x-men titles like between like one shots and events and like there's there's at least four different team books there's like two or three solo titles like it's a lot it's a lot um (sighs) Again, high bar of entry, but th- we'll talk about that on the next episode. We haven't even made it for news. We gotta, we gotta pick things up here. All right. So Marvel announced a Monica Rambo Photon five issue miniseries, written by Eve L. Ewing and uh, artist Michael Sta Maria. I don't understand okay. why that's written like that. Uh, <laughs> it. It's, uh, it debuts in December, and it's her first solo series, which I found cool. incredibly interesting. Um, and, you know, she's she's led the Avengers, like, multiple times. So it's like, okay. So, you know, about time. time she got a solo. <laughs> uh, and they also announced a new Wasp limited series, uh, co-starring Nadia Van Dyne. So uh, for the uh, character's 60th anniversary. So that's kind of neat. Kind of neat. Don't know why, but of everything that you could have said right then, a Wasp miniseries was not what I expected. But mm. okay, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you just never know these days. All right, let's uh, oh, let's get in the muck here. DC. Let's talk about worlds of DC. Worlds. worlds. <laughs> worlds. <laughs> I'm gonna put the same effects that I'm putting on on that, uh, and maybe I'll put a little womp womp in there. It's is as well as appropriate at this point. Between their downsizing and the, their just mess worlds, uh, I guess? <laughs> Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's start with the biggest, most disappointing news. Shazam 2 moves to March 17th, 2023. Hey, it's Aquaman... almost my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. And uh, Aquaman 2 got pushed to December 25th, 2023. Yeah, that's that's a massive shift. The reason for the delay is because Warner Brothers Discovery reportedly only had enough money to release two films for the rest of the year, which include Black Adam and Don't Worry, Darling. Yep. Which is hilarious to me that you just purchased a massive film studio 
and we're like, yeah, we can't release your movies. We only we can only release two of your movies, which you know inspires confidence. All the confidence. All the confidence. I'm ready. And then on top of it, they're still debating what to do with the Flash. So that movie oh, may not even. Well, we're gonna get there. Oh, we're, we're getting there. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I uh, save that. I save that overhanded punch for a moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, the Batman director, Matt Reeves, has landed a multi-year film deal at Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means he'll film a movie, it'll get pulled, and then he'll film another movie, and it'll get pulled. <laughs> and then it might get put on HBO Max, but then taken down within three weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, I don't understand. I don't understand. But, you know, you know, let's let's just ruin things. Are you ready for some Ezra Miller chat? I know you are. No. (laughs) No. All right. So for starters, Ezra Miller continued to film scenes for The Flash as recently as this summer while all those legal issues were taking place. And then as a result of all those legal issues, Warner Brothers started to consider three different options. The first involved releasing the movie with limited press with the stipulation um, that uh, Ezra Miller seeked professional help and after returning to their family home. The second okay. option was the film was released. Even if Miller doesn't seek help, they they wouldn't be able to participate in the marketing or press for the film. And the third option Fair. was to scrap the movie altogether. So okay. this apparently spooked them. And they went to meet with Warner Brothers heads to discuss the Flash following all that controversy. And I think most importantly for Ezra Miller, the person, uh, they decided to get some help. Okay. So something good's coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like we've, we've gone over the rap sheet for like the last six episodes of things that have just happened. And you're just like, um... Yeah, How that's is not this still happening. That's not good. No, like it was like, all like right. one incident is like okay, you fucked up. Two incidents is like okay, you still fucked up, but something might be happening here. Three incidents are like okay, that's a th- pattern. there's something happening here. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it involved a minor, I was like, oh no, bro, you gotta you gotta get that that taken care of. Anyway, uh, so there's a we'll silver see. lining here. It in the world of DC, uh, it was it was rumored to be Greg Berlanti to take over the direction of DC Studios, mm-hmm. uh, but producer Dan Lin, uh, who has produced the Lego Movie as well as It, is in talks to take control of the film and TV portion of the superhero uh, studio. Uh, so, what, yeah, that's what I'd heard. Um, what's his face, Hamada? Hamada uh, is out. He is out as of Black Adam's release. So he's going to stick on through Black Adam and then he's walking up to that. He gone. So Lynn's going to come into a bit of a shit show. I mean, look, <laughs> we've been saying for years that it's it's honest to God just needed a, a hard reset. It does. Like we just need to turn it off, turn it back on again. Um, it really does. Or yeah, I'll take even a soft reset using Flashpoint as an excuse to just cherry pick what you like and just move on from there mm-hmm. i agree like pick what works 
All right. In the upcoming uh, Joker sequel, it will cost around $150 million to produce due to increased wages and complicated musical sequences. So, two things there. Why do the musical sequences need to be this complicated that they cost that much? Second off, weren't we just fucking saying the studio's broke? We were. We sure were. What? They're <laughs> dropping all this money on musical sequences for a sequel that nobody asks for and shouldn't exist. And we don't get a Batgirl. Like, that movie is shot. They, You know, I saw a story... I didn't include it in news, but I saw a story that they were doing secret screenings on the WB lot before they stuck the movie in a vault, never to be seen again. Why? Why? And then we get this? Why? There's, there's no reason. What is the studio doing? Uh, like, this is the... Look, it was a mess before Discovery took over, and oh, now... Was. It's just you're ruining anything that we had any hope for coming up and giving like, us shit that it's just, it's it is shit it's shit. So I want a sequel to the Batman. I really do, but under current leadership, I'm kind of nervous about it. Kinda. That's like the the understatement of the year. Like the rest of the DC stuff, like Shazam two, I actually kind of have some hopes for. Mm-hmm. Black Adam, I guess. We'll see. No, It'll... Jesse, the hierarchy of the DC universe is going to change. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't that important. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but just... like Shazam, I have some decent hopes for. Everything else, I'm just like, uh, but I'm kind of nervous now. Yeah. And like, what what are we what are we talking about? Like, it's not just, it's not just like production and release. Like, DC's questionable CGI. If you, if you're having problems putting two movies out this year and spending another hundred fifty on a on a, again a Joker movie that nobody really needs, what does that mean for your CGI moving forward? Are you are you going to have a decent like? Look, Marvel's has fallen off. I, I'm not oh, going to throw yeah, yeah. on that at all. Oh, oh, wait until we talk about She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh, I already made notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love, I love that you have notes already. <laughs> uh, like, but, like, yeah. So Marvel gets no pass. But Jesus Christ, like when I remember when I watched it again. This is 2016. This is a long time ago for some of us. But when I watched Suicide Squad. I swear to God, it looks like PS1 graphics. It, it, it was awful. It was so, among some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. And they've had moments between then and now where it's just been not good. Mm -hmm. Like Some stuff has been actually pretty good. like Or, or bad on purpose. The claymation stuff in Shazam. Like, I kind of want to go watch that again because I had a lot of fun with it. But, mm, you know... I, just, I, I feel like they would be safer sticking with more practical effects <laughs> where possible. So a, a lot of their stuff for like Blue Beetles looks like it's going to be practical, which which is great. It, like those costumes look good. I saw somebody on Twitter was like, oh, they don't miss with the costumes. Like yeah, They really don't. 
I mean, what is everything else? The nice thing about practical effects is that they don't age. Like if you go back and watch The Dark Knight now, it looks just as good as it did when it first came out mm -hmm. because Nolan uses almost exclusively practical effects. Exactly. Like we'll talk they about just they just look good. CGI later. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes we will. Uh, all right, moving on here. Um the HBO Max and Warner Brothers reportedly have no intentions to renew uh, Young Justice season, uh, for season five, um, which is disappointing because it kind of sets some stuff up. I'd like to see it go out with a with a truly clean story. Um, I, I would like it to have a resolution of some kind because yeah. they have been building up some things here and there. I don't even care if it's like half a season long or something like that. Or hell, even just give me like 10 episodes or something like that. Yeah. Just something to close things out. Like you've been building this dark side thing for years, for legit years. And it's just like we we we're kind of owed that a little bit. We follow this thing from Cartoon Network to DC Universe to HBO Max. Come on. <laughs> like g give us what we need and just close it out here. Um the Batman Cape Crusader series that was in production got shelved at HBO Max and then almost immediately Netflix, Apple, and Hulu were like, yo, let me get them rights, baby. <laughs> like, we can do it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, Hulu would be most interesting to me because then Hulu, who's owned by Disney, would then have both a DC and a Marvel cartoon uh, really at, at its on its service. Which Yeah. Hulu might be more appropriate because Netflix will acquire it. They'll put out the first season. They'll wait about two months and then they'll cancel it. So, I mean, I don't think it's much safer on Netflix. <laughs> and I don't have anything on each, on Apple. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. It's just I, one more streaming service. When I bought my new TV, I got like three months of Apple TV free. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good. There's a lot. There's already too much. Uh, Harley Quinn writers have been uh, hopeful for uh, season four renewal, and it looks pretty positive there. I still uh, haven't watched any of season three yet. Same. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just going to blow it all out like right before we, we talk about it so it's all fresh in my mind. And finally here, Superman and Lois will be recasting Jonathan Kent uh, for season three is the uh, actor uh, Jordan Elasis steps away for personal reasons related to uh, mental health, which, you know, good for you. Like I'd, I'd rather you realize that something's going on with you that you were just like, okay. I got stuff away from the show. So is that the last Arrowverse show? I mean, Flash is going to be ending. Technically, I mean, I think they treat Superman and Lois like it's not in the. We'll, okay. we'll talk more about that later, but um, yeah, kind of. All right, uh, now we're going to move on to Multiversal MCU and all their TV stuff. Idris Elba has teased Heimdall's MCU return after Thor Love and Thunder, which we kind of talked about before, saying that I don't think Heimdall's story is quite done yet. Yeah, because we barely got Heimdall's story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm curious to see how that happens. Not just I that. I mean, I get that he was there at the very first Thor, which was what, like 18 years ago at this point or something? No, not, not quite, quite that, that long. long. But it was like, <laughs> like 10 years ago at this point? Yeah. Yeah. 11, 11 years i think like uh, granted he was there since the beginning but like how do you take a big name actor like Isra Elba, a great actor like Isra Elba, and just, just give him a bit part yeah <laughs> like the entire time yeah 
Yeah. And he just uh, killed him. A little sad. Yeah, he just killed and it's kind of unceremonious, right? Like you're just yeah. like, oh, he's he's gone now. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh but I right, look, I'll, I'll take more Zelda. Dude's a phenomenal actor. Okay, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is returning to theaters on September 2nd with some new footage. 11 minutes, in fact, oh, of new footage. If there's one thing that movie needed, it was to be longer. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, WandaVision director Matt Shakeman is in early talks to take over Fantastic Four after John Watts' departure. I did uh, see that earlier. Which I think is actually kind of a good move because he... They got the family dynamics right from WandaVision. I mm-hmm. felt like that was good and only grew and like it felt like family oriented, which is necessary for Fantastic Four. That and like WandaVision is just very weird. I feel like the Fantastic Four could use a little bit of that weirdness. Like it's just it works well with that weirder aspect of things. Yeah. So with like they... the weird like metaphysical science stuff and yeah. Yeah, especially if they go with the adventuring route in like space and alternate dimensions and all yeah. kinds of shit like that. Like, yeah, let's get weird. Let's get yeah. weird. Like, there's there's so much Jack Kirby inspired stuff in Fantastic Four, and he leaned into a lot of crazy looking creatures and dimensions and stuff like that. Like, like that's what it needs. And I feel like that might be the guy to do it. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, who's never been shy about possible spoilers here, says that he sees a World War Hulk in his MCU future. Uh, that makes sense if you've seen the first two episodes of uh, She-Hulk, sort of. Uh, I will say no more, because, you know, if you haven't, again, if you haven't watched it, it makes zero sense to you, which is fine. Some people may not watch it. Good for you. You know, do do your thing. Do your thing. We'll talk about it when time comes. You can just yeah. listen to us talk about it, even if you decide to skip it. But if you do watch it, you'll be enriched by the conversation that we do have. So, you know, hang in there. Speaking of She-Hulk, right, uh, the writer there, Jessica Gao, says she has no creative control over Daredevil's look in the series, but she's been bullying the shit out of Kevin Feige over... Uh, her creative decisions in the series, which again, I think is a good thing. I think Kevin Feige needs to do what he did before, kind of step the fuck back, put the right people in the right place, mm-hmm. and let them create. And Trust I think, that you pick the right people for the job I and think let them do their thing. So far, I think it's working for this show. Um, anyway, we'll talk more about that in like a month and a half when it's done. All right. Uh, finally, here we got the cast of characters for the Sony Madam Web movie. Jess, you excited? You ready? You know, the funny part was that for tonight's character breakdown, I almost, as a joke, went with like Madam Web or Craven, <laughs> just because I was just like, and to that movie that we're all waiting for. Let's dive into that character. But I just could not be bothered. <laughs> that would have been the best troll you could have <laughs> you could have pulled off. It really would have been phenomenal. Okay. Anyway. All right, so in this movie, we have Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, Sydney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter, Celeste O'Connor as Maddie Franklin, Isabel Merced as Anya Corazon, Adam Scott as Ben Parker, and Emma Roberts as Mary Parker. I'm just... When is this movie supposed to take place? No one knows. 
Because aren't those two a little bit young? Look, Ben Parker, as we all know, dead. <laughs> Just absolutely dead. Like Dakota I love Johnson. Adam's... Dakota Johnson is young. Like depending on which version of Madam Web you're going with, she's just really young. So I don't know her that well. I know her name, but I don't know her. But like Madam Web is traditionally like a super old lady. Like, yeah, they've, that, they've, that much I know. Which is they've like, made her young recently. But come on, bro. <sighs> this movie's a mess. There's at least okay. three different Spider Women in this movie. I, I I don't even want to pretend that I know what's going on. I just don't. It's it's just throw it in the spaghetti bowl with all the X Men stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might make sense there. Oh my god! And then finally, here in video games, DC's Black Adam is coming to multiverses. Have you uh, hopped into that at all? I have not. Are I've you seen in I've that? seen gameplay. I'm not interested, but I've seen gameplay of it. Okay, it looks fun. I played a little bit. It's it's it's. If you like Super Smash Brothers, you like it's it. basically that, but with Warner Brothers properties. Yeah, you, you might as well play it before they pull it. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> you beat me to it, you bastard. And everyone, that's your news. Oh, well, there's a little bit something, something else that we got. Um, mm-hmm. This week is Gamescom in Germany at time yes. of recording. Uh, so we actually got a new trailer for Gotham Knights. That's true. That's right. Yes. I so to put that in there. So two things we got from that. Uh, one, the release date actually got pulled up by about like four days or something like that. Yeah. So you get it just like October a week 21st. earlier, somewhere around there, yeah. somewhere mid-October. Uh, and we got a new trailer, which showed off some of the more more of the villains of the game. So we knew the Court of Owls was supposed to be in the game. Um, but we also now know that Mr. Freeze, um, Clayface, and Harley Quinn are also in the game, which I don't know how I feel about that, but let's, sure, let's, let's roll yeah. with it. I feel like they're they're gonna probably overdo it with Harley exposure, especially with that Suicide Squad game. Yeah, in development. So it's just like, why? Why put we're, her in? We're reaching Joker levels of Harley overload at this point. And like, like in certain circumstances, I love her. She's great in the in the animated series, fantastic. But it's just like, eh, we might be doing a little too much. However, I thought what they did with Clayface was simul- simultaneously gross and kind of cool to look at. <laughs> Like, did you watch the trailer? I I kind of like half watched it. Uh, okay. I, was, I had it all in the background. wasn't fully paying attention. Yeah, he just kind of it's he's like truly like mud, like the way his his body works, and it's like I've never seen it look like that before, and it was awesome. I mean, it was kind of how he should look. He's mm-hmm. nothing but clay. Yeah, it's 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 pretty gross at times. So, but at the same time, I'm just like, we already used all three of these in the Arkham series. So I thought the Court of Owls was like the big bad here. What's going on with this game? Uh, Side missions, maybe. I feel like if you're going to give us a traversable Gotham, you have to, you have to include some other stuff. Yeah, sure. Like there's Batman's got a massive rogues gallery. Like who does could have gone with some other characters here. Clayface, yeah, like, sure. I'll, I'll give Clayface the benefit just because we didn't really get much of him mm-hmm. in the Arkham series. But we got a lot of Harley and Freeze, so... Or did. Like, maybe give me... Some, yeah, there's some other characters in there. Um, just Fuck, maybe. give me Condiment King. I want to see 
a condiment king in this game. I was going to say calendar man, but you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so many options and you can't, you know, you know. Anyway, we'll see how this game turns out. Yeah, I'll, I'll play we're, it on stream. We're like a month and a half from release and I honestly still don't fully understand what this game is. <laughs> but me neither. Uh, looks weird. Looks weird. And that's officially your news. Sorry. See, leave it to me to catch us up on video game stuff. No, it's it's okay. I'm happy you caught it because I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we're going to do a character breakdown. Um, we figured this was kind of a random episode, so yeah. let's go with a random character. So this episode is all about catching up on stuff that we just never really got a chance to get around to. So one thing that we had meant to do leading up to Multiverse of Madness earlier this year was we were going to cover a few of the characters that were appearing in the movie. So we said, fuck it, let's just do another breakdown in here now. So we're going to talk about Shuma Gorath, which was in the movie, just wasn't called Shuma Gorath because of legal reasons. Um, so anyway, we're here gonna we go. Call it Shuma Gorath. We're going to call it Shuma Gorath. We're not restricted by the law. Not with not, this, at least. Not. We're just not restricted by the law. <laughs> Move it on. <laughs> All right. So Shuma Gorath is an ancient being existing since the dawn of time. He is one of the ancient old ones that ruled over hundreds of different dimensions, eventually making their way into Earth's dimension. Uh, he was later banished from our realm, but he never gave up on trying to return. Shumagorath is constantly at odds with Doctor Strange, having ha after having forced Strange to kill the Ancient One while attempting to re-enter Earth realm through his mind. Essentially, his ex entire existence since this point has been trying to convince or trick others into allowing him re-entrance into Earth realm to once again conquer humanity. Oh yeah, he's also essentially a giant Lovecraftian octopus monstrosity with a giant eye in the center. Felt like it was kind of important to mention that. Being essentially an ancient god, Shumagorath is often considered unkillable. He possesses the ability to mentally manipulate and control others, not only within his vicinity, but across dimensional barriers. He also has extremely tough, rubbery skin, which protects him from all but the strongest of magical attacks. If that was enough, he also has the ability to destroy entire dimensions just by exerting his ancient primordial pressure, which, uh, nice sentence. That's a nice, yeah. it's a nice sentence. <laughs> Shumagura's full first appearance came in Marvel premiere number 10 in June of 1973, although he had been briefly mentioned or cameoed as just a voice earlier than that uh, actual appearance. He played a role in 2013's Infinity event when Doctor Strange was forced to summon the demon by Ebony Maw during Thanos' invasion of Earth. During the events of Damnation, Shumagorath fought for control and re-entry to Earth after Doctor Strange resurrects the entire city of Las Vegas before being imprisoned by Mephisto. Moon Knight's also in that series. Yes. Uh, do you have a favorite Shumagorath uh, ability? I, uh, I mean, mental manipulation is pretty nice. Get yeah. people to do what you want. But primordial pressure, like... <laughs> It's alliterative. <laughs> it is fun. I think the manipulation is so sick, especially across dimensional barriers. You look yeah, how that's powerful that is. That's that, that's the kicker there. Across dimensional barriers, like you don't even have to be with an eyesight or anything in order to control you. Just nope, you're mine now. <laughs> Dance a silly jig, bitch. Like yep. it's just at any point in time. <sighs> yeah, it's nice. So that's Shumagorath, your Lovecraftian monster of the day. <laughs> <laughs> If you have 
a running Lovecraftian monster of the day. I want to hear Hit about us it. up, please. Yeah. I, I really do need to read some Lovecraft stuff. I feel like I would be really into it all. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and just, just move on because we're talking about monsters getting highly distracted. Told you I was not going to be the one to disrupt this episode. All right. So tonight we're going to do some crazy, crazy catch up on a bunch of different properties, six in fact, uh, that we've not had the opportunity to talk about recently. Uh, so we're going to talk about The Flash, season eight. Is it eight? Season eight, yep. Uh, we're going to talk about DC Super Pets. Blade number one, the, the movie. Yeah, from like the 2000- movie from the early 2000s. <laughs> That's how Aqu- much of a catch-up we're doing. Uh-huh. Aquaman, King of Atlantis, Doom Patrol, and Superman and Lois, season one. Okay. So, uh, Jess, why don't you go ahead and run us through the flash so give us the the plot and your thoughts why you loved it why you hated it and the score all right so flash season eight um so i'm gonna skip over the first five episodes uh which are armageddon which we talked about in a previous episode um so go back and check that out uh if you want to recap of that but essentially it picks up right after armageddon um oh let's see if i can actually remember the plot now (laughs) Uh, I watched a little bit of it, and there's a, there's a good deal of Bart and Nora up front. There is. So Bart and Nora come back from the future quite a bit, um, but they're basically just plot devices. So eh. um, so per usual, a new evil is descending upon Central City. Um, there's like this mysterious hellfire that's just like burning people alive. Um, I, I almost don't want to really explain this too much because like Three episodes after he's introduced, it's gone. But like that was like the central plot for the first half of the season. <laughs> um, so like there's oh, this hellfire that like tries to wriggle its way back into existence and stuff. Eventually it takes the form of Deathstorm, which is a much more awesome sounding name than it, he deserves. Um <laughs> they defeat Deathstorm. Um we'll get into this next bit in a few minutes, but like something happens. Uh, the next few episodes are basically just a fallout from that. Um, just people picking up their lives, essentially. And then more time displacement shit happens. Mm. Eobard Thon comes back to life again. Um, uh, just can't leave him alone. Yeah, I, I will say. Uh, you just got to watch it. Like, it's just one of those ones where you're just like, what? It, it only makes sense if you're watching it, and I cannot do it justice. <laughs> but I will say, I have spent the last two or three years shitting on The Flash because this show has been awful. There were moments in this season where I legitimately was just like, I'm actually really enjoying this right now. Like, <laughs> this show is actually holding my attention. It's a lot of fun. And honestly, there is one episode in the season that I think might have been one of the best episodes in the entire series. It was so full spoilers here. Yeah, of course. That's what we do. Um, in order to defeat Deathstorm, Killer Frost, for some reason, I forget why, um, basically sacrifices herself and she dies. Um, the very next episode is all about the team coming to terms with her death and trying to go through the grieving processes and trying to figure out how to move on essentially and the episode basically takes it 
character by character. Like they first show you how Iris is dealing with it and how she decides to honor Frost and do this and that, how Barry decides to do it, how um, Caitlin eventually starts coming to terms with it and everything. And that episode was just so well done, so well written. And honestly, probably one of the most genuinely emotional episodes of this entire series. Like I was sitting there by the end. I was just like, oh, damn, I'm I'm actually feeling things right now. Like <laughs> the writing on that episode was the best that the show has been in years. And it's simultaneously amazing and frustrating because, you know, that this, these writers of the show could do so much better if they just tried a little bit harder. I, you know, I don't think it's a result of them not trying, right? I think it's, I think it's they have twenty six episodes to fill. I think and it's too that's, long. That's a problem. It's, and then it's just, it was a frustrating episode, but I really liked it. It was such a good episode, and I remember I, I always got like news updates for the Flash as the season was going on because Google apparently thought that I cared. Um, <laughs> so like, I remember after this episode had aired, I remember seeing a headline about. Um, funeral for a friend which is the name of the episode being like such an emotionally charged episode and like a good episode and i was just like okay i guess i'll watch that at some point but now i get it <laughs> i get it <laughs> and then it was um toward the end of the season they introduced mina dawan 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 whatever her name is um who if you don't know she is fast track in the comics uh, the only reason that that caught my attention is because when I first started reading Flash comics, she was actually one of the first comics that I read. She was in that one. So to me, it like, just hit hard because I was just like, oh, my God, I remember you. You were in like one of the very first Flash comics I read. And it's so cool to see you on the screen now. You were a tiny character. like You didn't really do much and you were only around for a few issues. But like this is so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And like, she played such an integral part with like Eobard and everything. And it's, they, they kind of wasted her again, but I mean, again, she was a big character to begin with, but mm -hmm. this season just, it, there was so much intrigue toward the end there with just like how Eobard came back and how his plan was coming together and everything like that. And, I don't know. There was just something about it that was just like, I know this is stupid, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline for the entire series. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, the, just, just watch it. Like, yeah, you honestly probably don't need to watch anything before the season because they're going to recap it 6 million times throughout the course of the season anyway. But yeah, like you had like the negative forces going against the positive forces, which I don't know anything that's going on with these forces, but like it was still kind of fun to watch. And the funny thing is, the forces have only the forces that have been around less time than we've talked about this podcast. Uh, yep. then you know, it, on top of that, like, it hasn't really been fleshed out in the comics, so the show is just like, we're just gonna do whatever we want, <laughs> and it's just like. No, I don't like what you're doing. So, yeah, you know, I got I got to finish watching it, and I'll make I'll make a, a firm opinion then. But, whew, tough. Yeah, it, it was a surprise to say the least. So, uh, why'd you love it? Why'd you hate it? I loved it because that one episode, yeah. hands down, <clears throat> that one episode made the entire season for me. Like it was that good of an episode, and I don't know. Other people may not like it as much as I did, but something about it just resonated with me, and I I love that episode. Yeah. I hated it because it was still a flash. <laughs> 
having it still had the usual bullshit i i it still had some of the worst writing up moments like i texted you one of the exact lines that i heard that was the line verbatim oh my god yeah so, <laughs> i i almost want to find it because i want to read it i i am gonna find it real quickly because <laughs> it is worth repeating this because good lord this line <laughs> all right okay. i have it i have it do you want to read do you want to read barriers to seal I'll read Cecile. Okay. Because I can probably intonate exactly how she said it too. All right. So Barry says, Cecile will help us find Deathstorm. He feeds off grief, and grief is an emotion. And my power is to feel people's emotions, even at a distance. And I literally <laughs> sat there. I think I paused the show at that point. I sat there. I was just like, You've been on this show. <laughs> You've been on this show for like four or five seasons at this point. <laughs> We know what your fucking power is. You don't need to say it aloud. You don't need to enunciate. We know that. Why are you telling us this? So here's the thing, right? This show is made for teenagers, basically, right? It's it's like a is YA, it? a wide like audience, like no no attention span, et cetera, et cetera. However. There was actually data that came out from this whole discovery merger and then CW getting sold nonsense that said the average demographic for people watching the CW, average age, 58 years old. 58. Jesus. You're recapping this stuff because half the people you're watch that, that are watching it can't remember things anymore. They sneeze and it's all gone. Anyway, Jesus, but like I, I, that's why I hated it. <laughs> can't, can't say I blame you there. All right, do you have a score for it? I kind of don't want to give the entire season a score as a whole. Um, like I want to give the season, except for that one episode, I want to give still like a two and a half. Like okay, it wasn't as bad as it got, but it wasn't great. That so one that episode, one episode? The, the one episode, I easily give like a four, four and a half. Like Ooh. that episode was real good. In Very my strong. Opinion, at least. High yeah. point. High point. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for me, I watched DC Super Pets with my oldest son. Uh, it was a cool day. We went out for for movies. Uh, so the basic plot is uh, Crypto. Basically, his his best friend is Clark, aka Superman, and he does a bunch of superheroic stuff with Clark, but he doesn't know how to be a dog really because he hasn't learned how to be a dog i don't um, think my dog's learned either <laughs> so there's there's an accident um he basically gets uh no he's not he's not an accident he's attacked um and he's get uh he's loses his powers but simultaneously a bunch of other pets gain powers um and then they it just hilarity ensues here um and, and you get a you get a justice league in there you get um so Dwayne the rock johnson is crypto mm -hmm. uh, and kevin hart is ace who ends up becoming batman's dog uh batman is is voiced by by keanu reeves i was about to say how is keanu uh, i mean it, it, it works I mean, for a kids <laughs> movie it's fine i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't do it for like a real project but like the moments that he's there are actually kind of funny. Uh, and they, they work in that way. So I was just like, yeah, all right, it's fine. I'm good. 
Uh, John Krasinski did Superman. I actually liked him as, as Superman. I can see that. Uh, uh, so there's a bunch of other characters in there. The Flash. Uh, you have Jess Cruz, Green Lantern, which is what I got confused about a couple weeks back. Ah. Uh, and and you know there's a, there's a bunch of the, the pets. So you have you have Crypto, and you have Ace, and then you have and I don't remember the character names at all. There's a there's a turtle who gets super speed, like a like a squirrel or a ferret or something like that that gets lightning uh electrokinesis basically mm. um there's a pig who winds up being wonder woman's pet at some point uh for some can, reason i can see that <laughs> she can grow and shrink um just haphazardly Why not? um and i uh, god i think so there was something here's else. the important question though was the bat cow in there the bat cow was not as far as i remember um oh, it's just well, it a shame funny would have been funny like batman didn't want a pet like so at the end they all take a pet yeah. uh and batman was like batman and ace are standing next to each other like i don't know that i really want a pet and he's like i don't really like people and they kind of look at each other and it's like fine you could be my pet and they get the they get the batmobile just race off uh <laughs> look the movie was mildly entertaining like i there were points that i enjoyed far more than i should have um my kid had a good time, which means I had a good time. That that's kind of how that went. Um, <laughs> it was it was a little ridiculous. The the main villain pet uh, escaped from a Lex Luthor lab. Uh, of course, it's, a, it's like a, a guinea. Uh, was it a hamster? A hamster oh, that was like incorrect. brilliant, like like Lex Luthor level brilliance, and uh, yeah, it just. Just wild, just wild all around. Um, you know, silly, silly movie. Why did I love it? Why did I hated it? Uh, I loved it because of the voice cast. It, at times, were very, very charming, and just the the humor was there. Uh, why I hated it was just like sometimes. I know it's a family movie. That that's not an excuse for me anymore, right? Because family movies have been very good. Mm-hmm. I've watched Mitchell's versus the machines incredibly entertaining movie uh, if you've not watched it um it just kind of did not hold my attention like I got bored part parts way through like I had no problem getting up and going David had to go to the bathroom and I was like ah oh, let's go let's go I'll take it uh I'll give it a solid three as a okay. score I mean it's for not a movie terrible. that no one expected anything for that's a solid nope. score nope that's far better than I expected it to be to be completely honest with you uh, and and then uh, again, spoiler. There's a Black Adam cameo at the end with his dog. So it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson acting against Dwayne the, Dwayne Rock, the Rock Johnson. Johnson. It's just you know, cool is, is what it is. It's fine. It's fine. Dwayne, uh, it's you're not as important as you think you are in this universe. <laughs> the universe is falling apart. I think he's like trying to be like a producer on a lot of stuff too. So I mean, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Look, if it if it helps write the ship, I uh I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I do not care. Do intimidate what you have some to of the, do. He is still a very large man. Intimidate some people mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. things done. Don't you fuck this up for anybody. All right. Uh Jess, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Blade the First? All right. So let's give a little intro as to why we're talking about the first Blade movie. <laughs> So I've mentioned on this show many a time over the years that I've never watched any of the Blade movies. 
It's just something something I never got around to. Not that I didn't want to watch them, just never got around to them. So since we were doing this kind of just catch-up episode of things, odds and ends here and there, we figured, why not? Um, so all three are on HBO Max at the moment for how much longer, who knows? But at the moment they are. Um, I only managed to watch the first one because I had to quickly rush through the flash. <laughs> um so the first blade movie with wesley snipes as blade um so in case you're not aware uh blade is a vampire hunter uh who is himself a half human half vampire hybrid thingamajig um and the movie is basically just him hunting down vampires that's that's basically it like that's as good a synopsis as you're gonna get (laughs) do you Um, need anything else i mean honestly that's basically it this movie was like the most quintessential 90s, early 2000s movie. I, I even texted you like 10, 15 minutes into the movie saying that within the first 10 minutes, we already had an underground club rave scene. And I'm just like, every movie during this time period had a scene like this. Like, oh my God. As soon as I watched it, I'm like, yep, this is a movie from the early 2000s. Like that, that, that's just, that's it. No good reason. So I'm not going to say I hated this movie, but I'm not going to say I liked it either. (laughs) It was there. When I finished this movie, I literally asked myself, was that a worthwhile use of two hours of my time? Or would I rather have watched two episodes of the flash? (laughs) (laughs) And I honestly don't know. (laughs) Um, So the big thing that we wanted to talk about was the CGI. (laughs) Without the transition into that. Yes, please talk about the CGI. It was about as 90s as you could get, even though this movie came out in the 2000s. <laughs> um, it, there were some moments where I'm just like, I had very low expectations for the CGI going to this. This is a 20-year-old movie at this point. Like I expected it to not be good. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. were some moments where it wasn't terrible. But then there were some moments... <laughs> Where I'm just like, why do you even bother? Just why? I, I was watching it on, it was on something like a like a TNT or TBS, something, or something like that. Yeah, that, you know, just one of those channels. I I rarely watch like TV like that anymore, but like I saw it on and I was like, oh, well, I gotta watch it. And you know, caught that club scene, and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. And then there, you know, I because I was in, uh, in for a penny, in for a pound, baby. I, I had to watch the entire thing. So there's a part at the end where there's like this whole thing with blood and dripping and pooling and stuff like that, but it's all CGI and it looks yeah awful. <laughs> I was thinking about the scene where Blade is chasing, I forget his name, Donald Logue, um, chasing him through like the subways and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like he ends up like grabbing onto the side of a train or something like that after like his hand got chopped off or something like that. And I'm just like, ooh, that don't <laughs> look right. <laughs> we look i appreciate how far we've come okay i do uh blade was a trailblazing-esque movie it's r right i think yes yeah an an r-rated superhero movie uh with kind of an anti-hero-ish type character just going out and just murdering motherfuckers in very brutal and very violent ways um you know it's he's a complex character to get right 
but <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm hoping that the MCU Blade movie has slightly better special effects than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At times, it's a little campy, too. Like, so some of the one-liners are, yeah. are hard. They're hard yeah. listens, you guys. I, so, you know how, like, a lot of the movies back then, when the hero finally defeats the big villain, they have that snappy one-liner? Yeah. Blade had that. I remember sitting, I don't remember what it was anymore, but I remember sitting there after he said it, I'm like, wait, what does that mean? What did you just say? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you said that with your actual mouth. <laughs> like, wh- what were those words? Like, I, under- I understood what the words were, but what does that mean? <laughs> I got to admit, man, I-, I think Wesley Snipes was a decent blade. Like, yeah, I mean, for what they were going for, yeah. now, granted, Granted, I don't know the character from the comics at all. Okay. Um, okay. My only experience now with the character is this. <laughs> so <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I've ruined it. I've absolutely ruined it. And I apologize. Look, so all, just... all I'm saying is that Marshall Ali can only go up from here. <laughs> we know he's a really good actor, too. All right. So I got I to gotta then ask, as, as an introduction to the character, are you at least semi interested in learning more about the character at some point outside of the campiness of this movie? I mean, I like vampires. So yeah, give me anything with vampires, surrounding vampires. And yeah, I'm good with it. Awesome. So yeah, no, I mean, I I've always been interested in the character, not as interested as some other characters, but I've just never read anything and never gotten exposure to the character before this. So yeah. So happy. That was my introduction. <laughs> I'm just happy that I finally got you to watch it. Uh, it is it's, like I said, I haven't not been wanting to watch it. I just other stuff has come up and other stuff that I'd rather have watched and just never got around to them. No, we've done we've done a ton of shows and they've all been yeah filled with stuff and it's really it's been just, on my list. Uh, I'm happy it's off now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna wait. Did you have a score? No, we haven't. Or done why it you love it? So, why you hate it? Right, no, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> um, so why did I love it? I loved it because it was a fun throwback to a simpler time with superhero movies. It was yeah. a time where you didn't have to worry about an interconnected universe. You didn't have to think like, oh, what was happening with this character last time I saw them? It was just this guy shows up, starts wrecking fools, and then leaves. <laughs> Done. I liked it. It was simple. Um, I hated it because, because it was Blade. <laughs> because it was the first Blade movie. <laughs> because it came out of the early 2000s because it was a simpler time i'm curious i'm really curious to see what happens when uh you get to blade trinity and uh ryan reynolds and jessica beeler in there i'm sorry what (laughs) yep you heard those words come out of my mouth uh (laughs) okay i guess at some point i'll get around to it (laughs) i mean it's it's literally ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds in a vampire movie I mean, I'm here for that. <laughs> but, except he's like dangerous enough to kill vampires. It's just like okay, I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go. Uh, all right, what's um, your score? Score. Uh, I give it like a two and a half. Like yeah. it's it, it's not good, but like I said, it's just stupid, dumb it's, fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I'll give you that. All right, I watched then. Aquaman King of Atlantis. It's a three episode series uh, that dropped on HBO Max a couple months back. It's already leaving. So. And they got pulled off of HBO Max. 
Um, so it follows basically Arthur, Mira, and um, and that's pretty much it. Trying to go through, and Arthur desperately wants to win the approval of the people of Atlantis, and uh, he's doing a bunch of tasks and stuff uh, around that. And Orm is in there, and Orm ends up becoming a, a super old man, and it's hilarious. So it's very Adventure Time. Like if never watched that. So if you're into that or uh, uh, I think it's Misadventures of Flapjack. Never watched that one either. I think that show like if you're into that type of style of show, especially from an animation standpoint, like you'll kind of be in, you'll you'll just based off of that alone. So was this meant to be like a serious show or is like a comedy or. Um, no, I mean, it's definitely not a serious show. Like, okay. there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of jokes in there. Um, you know, it, it's weird. Like I can't quite pull the demographic because like, are you skewing towards kids or people in their twenties, comic book fans, maybe a little bit of everybody, you know, there's nothing like too adult in the humor, but there's nothing in it. That's like, not interesting enough for adults um you know there's there's themes of you know responsibility and the the type of leader that you want to be whether you're liked or, or loved or people are just basically ambivalent at you um and it's fun it's 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 fun because the the people of atlantis like they're just it's just wild all over um, three episodes i think they're like 40 minutes 45 minutes long each um, i didn't expect them to be as long as they were um, and, and it was really fun because you know you, you get them in some situations where you don't expect them to be in mm-hmm. uh, and it just i enjoyed aquaman which feels really weird and stupid to say um, but i did uh, so as far as God, it was like me admitting that the Flash was decent this season. Like it, it sounds wrong coming out of my mouth. I feel like I shouldn't be saying this. Yeah, like, it, it was. <laughs> it was better than it had any business being. Uh, you know, especially being devoid of all other DC characters. It was just, um, you know, not not completely devoid because he does show up to try and help the Justice League and doesn't go well. Uh. But, you know, they they made some interesting choices with, like, uh, character design. Like, his hair, instead of being blonde, is like a a bluish green. Um, Okay. You know, he he has a full beard, which is fine. Uh, It's just, like, the... the, And he has this really cool self-deprecating nature to himself. um, Where... Same. like, (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, man, it was... It was better than I expected. It was far better than I expected. Uh, I I will say that I loved this depiction of Mira because not only is she just like a water witch who can use water and she like take it takes it from people at times. Like there's times where she literally steals like water from Arthur who is like in the middle of a fight and she's like, oh yeah, hang on, let me just it sucks it out of his body and then he uses it to beat the shit out of somebody. Like it is she just she's super violent like at all points in time like you're like oh she's supposed to be just this this like you know side character who you just kind of don't care about you know if you if you don't 
pay attention to Aquaman and all that kind of stuff. She's a badass in her own right. See, but, like, that's the Mara that we need in the Aquaman 2 movie. I mean, you already got Amber Heard already playing her. Like, she's already a violent person. Just go run ro- with it. <laughs> <laughs> current events. Not so current, but current events. Current enough. Uh, so, like, half the time she takes water, forms it into a baseball bat, and just beats the hell out of people. <laughs> and you're just like, yo, she's kind of wild, and I kind of love it. Um, it. It's just absolutely... it's such a good time like i didn't I, again i did not expect to have a good time watching this show and i had a good time uh okay so why i loved it why i hated it i loved it again because of mira and how it absolutely blew my expectations out of the water i hated it because at times like the storytelling dragged it's hard to tell certain stories over 30 to 40 minutes if you're if you're not going to commit to a style and sometimes they don't fully commit to comedy or or drama or 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 horror because there's like pieces uh, of of it that are i think the second episode has a lot of horror elements in it like it's just it's just never really committed to anything so it made it really difficult to try and watch right okay uh so that's that's kind of why i'm gonna go there for hating it so i i I can't again like a 3.75 like it's pretty good that's surprising it's pretty good (laughs) i I never never thought i'd go there but you know it's it's pretty good all right uh jess has doom patrol on tap so this one's gonna be a little difficult because the flash i've watched within the last week blade i watched last weekend Doom Patrol, I watched about a year ago. (laughs) So if I was shaky trying to explain those other two, oh, Lord. (laughs) So I don't think we ever talked about season two on the show. No, Um, I wasn't a fan of season two. I actually kind of wanted to stop watching after season two because I kind of got bored by the end of it. Mm. Um, Season three. And the only reason I bring that one up is because going into season three, I kind of had that same mentality where I was like, okay, let's just watch this, see what happens, I guess. And so I never, I didn't like fully pay attention while I was watching it. And by the time I got to the end of the season, I was like, fuck, I wish I was paying more attention because this actually got real fascinating, real fast. <laughs> um, and I almost kind of wanted to rewatch it, fully paying attention this time, just to see everything that happened. But basically season three picks up exactly where season two left, leaves off the events of that finish up i think the chief dies i I don't remember anymore um and the doom patrol is left to kind of just like pick up the pieces from that fight um meanwhile this mysterious woman shows up in this weird drilling machine out of the center of the earth essentially uh standard doom patrol stuff Uh um later again spoilers again it's later revealed that she's madame rouge um and she ends up at the Doom Patrol mansion. Her, she had some secret agenda that she was supposed to be doing, but she lost her memory during the time travel event. <laughs> so she shows up. And she's like, "I was supposed to do something here. I don't know what that is or who I am." Um, so it kind of explores a lot of that. Um, a lot of weird things are happening during this. Weird things out of the usual weird things that happen in the show are happening throughout the season that just don't get explained at any point. 
So I think it was two episodes ago, we had talked about how Young Justice kind of told a story where there's a bunch of different parallel stories that eventually converge. And you were like, oh, that makes sense why that was happening. Yeah. I was saying that how that's like one of my favorite narrative structures. The other one of my favorite narrative structures is what Doom Patrol did, uh, which is you see events happening. Other events are happening on the side that like, don't make sense. You see these things like, I don't understand what this is. And then there's a time travel moment that gets thrown in. And then you see the events again from the other side. And you're like, oh, that makes sense now. And <laughs> that was the moment that I was just like, fuck, I should have been paying more attention throughout this entire season. Because now I'm just like, oh, God, okay, this is now interesting. This makes sense. And fucking hell. Um, so basically, Rita gets goes into the past. She becomes friends with Rouge before she becomes Madame Rouge. And weird shit happens with her <laughs> like she gets involved in what i have since come to learn was a real movement the dada art movement Mm-mm, i don't apparently, know what that is yeah dadaism is apparently a real thing i didn't know that until about three months after i watched this show i just happened to hear it I'm like wait that's a real thing i thought it was just something they made up for the show but it's like it's just really weird and precious art movement um, i guess oh okay, like, okay. real weird <laughs> um, so like shit happens Rita and Madame Rouge end up becoming like mortal enemies and then they make up by the end of the season something like that again about a year since I watched this so that's the rough summary of what happens um, but yeah it was a lot better than season 2 in my opinion it was a weird ass show like I mean Brendan well, like Fraser good way, right? yeah like yeah like a lot of the season focused on Rita. Like it was, it was Rita's season where everything else just had everyone else had storylines that happened in the background. Like I couldn't tell you anymore what Robot Man's storyline was. Or does what. he still say fuck like a lot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're not gonna change that. Do I need anything else? No. Okay. It's like I, I honestly could not tell you what any of the other storylines were. Or I think Jane was coming to terms with like our Jane wasn't like the main anymore. Like someone else took control and like. They were going through that. I think that was her storyline. It was definitely Rita season. Like it yeah. was all about her story and her relationship with Rouge and everything. Um, it is one of those ones I wouldn't mind going back and rewatching, um, just because it does have that bit where you do need to pay attention throughout the entire season to catch all these moments. Um, and I feel like just a simple recap isn't enough for that. You really do need to know all the little bits that are happening in between. So maybe before season four comes out at the right things are going over at DC. I probably got about five years before that happens. So <laughs> I have plenty of time, <laughs> but I don't know. Probably not. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I really need to go back and, and finish uh, watching uh, Doom Patrol. Cause I, it's, it's one of those shows that I, that season, the first season was incredible. It blew first, me away. The first season was amazing. It was something just so weird and different season two uh, plenty of people probably still loved it i personally didn't i thought it got bogged down in a lot of the story and it just it came to a screeching halt towards the end and it focused a lot about chief and whatever her name was the little girl um, oh yeah 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 his uh his daughter or whatever yeah, his daughter yeah it, the the season revolved around those two and their backstory and their story and everything like that i'm like halfway through i I don't care anymore i do not care about your story anymore (laughs) yeah yeah okay uh so why'd you love it why'd you hate it 
I loved it because it was just more weirdness. Like it, it was more Doom Patrol weirdness. There were so many moments where I was watching it. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I hated it. And this was not a slight on the show itself, but I hated it because I wasn't paying attention enough. And I, it really is a season where you do need to pay attention the entire time. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's one slight is that you have to be paying attention the entire time for it to all make sense in the end to really see how things connect in the end. Um, so yeah, that again, it's more of a, my problem not the show's problem. But, <laughs> um, uh, as far as the score, I'd probably give it a solid, like three and a half. Like yeah. it was better than season two. It was enjoyable. I'd say it's a little bit above average. It's, it's good. It's, so, it's one that I'm willing to go back and rewatch. So you'd rank them one, three, two. Yes. So far. All right. Yeah, I know season four is coming, so be on the lookout for that because we'll definitely talk about that because it might be the last season because Lord only knows the hell's going on there uh, at that studio. Same thing no with one knows. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolute mess. All right, we'll wrap things up here with uh, Superman and Lois season one. I could talk about season two, but I haven't finished it, so I would be doing you a disservice. Um, season one, however, was... It, like I saw the show come out and I was like, do I really want to watch this? Like, like I hated, I hated the costume when we were doing the crisis thing. I just thought it was an awful costume design. Um, the actor, I really didn't have any issues with. I thought he was, his, his Clark was charming. His Superman was okay. I guess I'm so used to Superman man being OP and he was just kind of, a pussy uh, for a lack of a better word. Like he just wasn't like what we would expect from a Kryptonian powered by the sun. But you know, he, I'm guessing he reigns it in a lot. So a lot of it is a family based trauma, right? Mm-hmm. It's an Arrowverse show that is technically not connected to the Arrowverse. That doesn't feel like an Arrowverse show, right? It's very much a family drama. Um, so you get storylines like, um, Lois finding her, like, so Clark's mom dies mm-hmm. and they move into the farm in Smallville. So they leave Metropolis and, and pick up life there. Um, Lois finds a job at a local paper and discover, uh, like uncovers mysteries and stuff with this guy named Morgan edge, Morgan edge turns out to be Clark's half brother from Krypton um, who is made. So Clark is, is made how, you know, people make babies, but Morgan edge is taken like half his, like his mom's DNA. And uh, I think, it, I don't think it may have been a Zod. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, so you get that whole storyline going on, which is crazy. And then they're, taking over people's bodies and putting Kryptonian memories and codexing their DNA into that. It sounds nuts. Uh, and then no, it just sounds like regular Kryptonian bullshit. It does. It really does. The, the big change here is anybody who's paid attention to Superman in the last like five, 10 years is that he has a son named John. Mm-hmm. Well, in the show, there's two kids that they have. They're twins. They have John and they have Jordan. John is named after Clark's um, 
Kent father, mm-hmm. and Jordan is named after Jorel. So, you know, this as the season develops, Jordan has powers, John does not. And after spending like his entire life being protected by John, now Jordan has these unbelievable abilities that he can't control. So Clark has to teach him how to control, and he's like kind of an overbearing dad at times because he's trying to keep not only his son safe but you know what happens if his heat vision goes off at the wrong time mm-hmm. you know uh so john is a pretty good football player and jordan as a result of his powers deter- determines that he wants to be a football player as well and then you get um the introduction of steel uh and you know on on the earth that he was on he was actually married to Lois, but the Kryptonians went crazy and started murdering people on the planet. So, like it's 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 just absolutely crazy. That said, Kryptonian bullshit aside, it is one of the best written shows to come out of the Arrowverse for starters. It is um one of the best depictions of Superman, I think. Uh Superman as a dad spoke to me on on a very real level uh and you know giving him something he can actually punch in his brother is great because what good is having all that power if you can't hit anything so there's all so all these people get turned into kryptonians and they're just beating the shit out of each other you know uh it's great lana lang and her husband are in the show and jordan starts to kind of date their daughter it's 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 just like a lot of like there's like teen drama shit there so uh it's just it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to try and explain but i'm telling you right now sounds weird very well done um i loved it because of the family drama aspects um and how well like the core characters the the Clark, the Lois, the John, and the Jordan are all written. Hated it because they extended the season. So it was originally going to be 13 episodes. And I thought when it was 13, writing was super tight. And mm-hmm. they expanded it to like 22. Eh. Yeah, you could see it. Yep. You, got, you got the filler episodes and the drop off. Um, I also kind of kind of hated the Kryptonian bullshit. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, overall the score you have a three and a half it was it was really good like i again it's a show i did not expect to be as good as it was and uh it really it really had some good fun with it if you're a superman fan you'll probably really really enjoy it we'll say i still is probably not a show i would ever go back and watch but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah oh one thing that came out of the flash that i thought was just absolutely stupid I just remembered. So you remember at the end of Crisis, yeah, Diggle finds that thing that's like glowing green. That yeah, I, you, I know that gets resolved. So how does it get yes, resolved? Yes, it gets resolved. And it means absolutely fucking nothing. I watched that. I'm like, what? Just <laughs> what? He, he literally, he opens the box. There's a voiceover for of, of something some like deep mystical voice and like pictures of the universe just start flashing in his mind and then he's like no i don't want this closes the box and the box just fucks off and that's it i'm like 
what? What the fuck just happened? You know what? I thought I saw a story about uh, John uh, Ramsey. Yeah, I think think John Ramsey. Yeah, Uh, he's supposed to be doing more stuff with the Arrowverse. He was uh, at least uh, uh, CW got sold. I don't know what what the hell they're doing. Um, But yeah, I thought he was supposed to be doing more stuff with them, and like from the directorial type standpoint because he's done a lot of directing like anytime he's shown up on shows after arrow it's probably because he's directing it so uh yeah yeah interesting oh, interesting interesting speaking of director let me just look something up real quickly sure but i think that one episode funeral for friends yeah oh no okay one of the episodes was directed by katie lots i thought it might have been that one. Oh, okay okay but it wasn't anyway yeah, yeah, and I, I love it that uh, a lot of those characters, those actors, are getting the opportunity to get behind the get behind the um, the camera for a little bit. I know, yeah. um, God, Danielle Panabaker, that's her name. She's she's directed a few episodes of The Flash, um, so yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, I didn't mean to derail that. That just for some reason popped in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that stupid thing. <laughs> Again, I knew I was not going to be the one to derail this show. So thank you. Uh, okay, so as we start to wrap up here, we talked about a lot of different stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed some of that stuff. If not, you can enjoy us talking about that stuff. Next time we get around to doing this, this crazy old show, uh, live anyway we will be talking about x-men month we're not doing live show so i gotta put it somewhere man gotta put it somewhere i don't know how we're gonna do it yet jess and i have to talk about that but it's gonna be cool in the meantime check out mike's thick stack uh that's gonna be running for another month and a half or so um before that the season three ends don't worry season three and a half will be shortly behind it i just kind of need to take a break it's a, again a lot of work uh <laughs> make sure you're following us on all socials at twisted cape uh, no spaces especially on youtube we definitely need the youtube followers because we're going to start doing some videos and stuff there make sure you hit up our t public page all the links for all that stuff will be in the show notes so there's almost there's almost always a sale going on t public also so as we speak nice there's a 35% off sale Always. Going right now. So make Always sure you use a 35% our affiliate off. Link. Use that affiliate link, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take advantage of that, of that, uh, that drop and, and pricing. And sometimes they do free shipping too. So, you there know, you 35% off plus free shipping. Like, eh, maybe you get you some Twisted Cape stuff, help support the show, support Jesse the, and I. The colder months are coming and that hoodie is real nice. That hoodie is fantastic. I might, I might get a different one in a different color. It's that good. <laughs> that good uh like a different the other design uh anyway anyway uh next time we'll catch you on the show talking about x-men so until then i'm mike and i'm jesse everybody stay twisted